Welcome everyone tuning in to March's edition of the Southwest Climate Podcast, which is a joint project by the Southwest Climate Change Network and the Climate Assessment for the Southwest, or CLEMIS, and we're both here at the University of Arizona. Today is Friday, March 22nd, and I'm here with Drs. Mike Crimmins and Greg Garfin, both climatologists and longtime contributors to CLEMIS. I'm Zach Guido, also a CLEMIS contributor. So in today's issue, we'll spin around the Southwest and provide an update on current conditions and a brief look at what's on the horizon. Um, and we'll also focus on the snowpack situation, which has been in somewhat precipitous decline in the last two weeks due to high temperatures that are often called snow eaters. So before I turn it over to Mike, I'll just uh, kick it off with um, a temperature and precipitation climate narrative for the last month. Um, so about one storm dropped substantial precipitation in Arizona uh, with the heaviest amounts falling in the Mogollon Rim region and this storm largely missed New Mexico. So in that time, in the last 30 days, uh, while the Mogollon Rim region experienced above average uh, precipitation, most, most other regions received less than 70% and uh, many regions actually less than 50%. And that was also the case for New Mexico, which saw most of its area experience less than 50% uh, of precipitation. So generally uh, drier than average here uh, in New Mexico and Arizona in the last month. Um, but as far as temperature goes, after what's been a relatively cold winter, um, temperatures in March have rapidly warmed. Uh, Arizona experienced temperatures mostly between 3 and 7 degrees Fahrenheit above average, including those uh, at, at some of the higher elevations in, in the state. Uh, most of New Mexico also experienced above average temperatures with uh, its anomalies slightly lower than those of, of Arizona. So with that, Mike, um, how did this situation sort of evolve? How did we get here? So, Zach, after over the last 30 days, um, the weather has been anything but boring, and I'm really happy to report that because I hate boring weather. Uh, we've had a handful of um, storms. We've kind of ridden a roller coaster of temperatures, and um, that has um, coming out of February. I think it's interesting in, in February, if you look at um, most of Arizona, especially southern Arizona, you look at the western parts of New Mexico, <clears throat> those areas are going to come in with, it's going to be one of the coldest periods on record. Um, I don't know if it, we, I think we had a couple of records broken maybe in daily minimums, but <clears throat> overall that period is, is going to be in probably the bottom third, if not sort of bottom 10% of um, February's. So, you, you know, you're coming out of that, mm -hmm. several cold, um, one in particular wet storm. We had snow in Tucson. The airport reported um, two inches of snow is what I see on um, the Weather Service website. So that, that's, you know, it's not unprecedented, um, and it's certainly not something we've seen a lot of in the last sort of 10 years, but it was nice to see that type of event. Then you flip into um, March, and the warming now that you're seeing is, is really only about sort of 10 days old, and it's, but it's been warm enough that it's going to drag the whole March temperature to probably above average by the end of the month. So we go from very, very cold February into a very rapid warm-up in March here, and um, we're probably going to end up um, three, four, five degrees Fahrenheit above average for the, for the whole month. Okay, so um, then how does that play into our current drought situation then? Um, what looks like um, Arizona and New Mexico have remained relatively the same amount of drought conditions as, as the last time we reported a, a month ago. There's been some improvement in, in central Arizona due to, uh, I believe it was mostly a storm that, that came through on around March, March 8th. But 
basically the, the, the two states seem to remain with similar drought conditions in, in as, as a month ago. Yeah, the, that, the storm event, I think, I think it's going to be two things in particular. I think that there's that late, um, very cold, wet storm in um, right around the 20th, 21st of February. And then there was that other storm that was in early March, or around the 8th and 9th. Um, those two events, uh, you know, they, the precip was spotty with those storms. Um, in particular, the areas that did the best, and it actually pushed local um, precip amounts to about average for um, this sort of 30-day period, were right in the central part of Arizona along the Mogollon Rim. So you, you, you started to see that precip sort of eat away at short-term drought conditions, and there's, that's, that's basically the only improvement in the U.S. Drought Monitor that occurred anywhere in Arizona and New Mexico right. in the last sort of three or four updates. So I should probably give some, some overview stats here. Uh, currently, uh, as of, actually as of uh, March 19th, that is, about 80% of Arizona has, it's classified by, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor with um, at, uh, dry, moderate drought or more severe drought category. About close to all of New Mexico actually is classified with moderate drought or a more severe drought category and nearly 50% of New Mexico has extreme or exceptional drought. Um, so it is, it is widespread, but I guess one of the questions that I have is given that we've had below average precipitation um, and not much deterioration in, in drought in either state, um, what are some of the impacts that would occur from dry conditions during this month? I, well, given, given that we don't, in, at least in the southern half of these states, we don't receive a whole lot of precipitation anymore. The impacts, I think, are probably going to be related more to um, compounding previous drought impacts in very localized situations like, let's say, wildlife that depend upon getting water from a tank or stock pond or Things, things along those lines. Reaches, reaches of streams, you know, might go intermittent or something like that. And, you know, some of the fuels will dry out, but in the, the low desert mm -hmm. grasslands. Fire risk, fuels related yeah, to fire yeah. risk. But it's, good. it's one of those months that it's, um, you know, it, we're, in a, we're approaching our sort of transition season, right? You know, we're going from winter to summer. Right, I go. Oh, there's that season in the middle, right? Spring, which is an odd, an odd one down here. Um, the, you know, we're in the southern part of the state. Sort of gets out of the winter activity a little bit earlier than the north. And you know, we're starting to see that already. The, the winter storms are taking a slightly more northerly track, and so we're now getting into the situation where, you'll see the northern parts of Arizona and New Mexico start to pick up the precip, and we are in the windy, side of those storms. So you know, we're sort of transitioning into it. I, you know, I think one thing to look for. <coughs> Is these rapid warm-ups and do they, you know, do they, do they sort of exacerbate impacts? You know, marches are marches, and we're sort of seeing that weather pattern. But if they're, if they're a lot warmer than, you know, it's it's been in the past. I think you do see an enhancement of right. fire risk or impacts to water resources. Yes, yeah, so it would be a rapid drying yeah. of fuels right. that that would increase the uh, <clears throat> the fire danger. So I want to I want to go back to the water resources thing for a second in this rapid warm warm up um, because I'm looking at uh, some of the stuff online from the uh, NRCS uh, Natural Resources Conservation Service snowpack conditions here in the West have plummeted for in the last two weeks um, and so they're they're real low uh, in 
the upper Colorado River Basin. A lot of snowtail monitoring sites are, are recording, um, they're in the, the driest fifth percentile of their, of their record, and most are below, uh, below 50%. Uh, and I believe as, as a whole, uh, when, when you aggregate those stations into basin averages, most of the upper Colorado River Basin is around 75 to 80% percent of average. The upper Rio Grande as well, which obviously feeds into uh, important water sources in New Mexico. And then the situation in uh, Arizona, despite sort of near average accumulated precipitation in those higher elevations, the snow snowpacks are running, uh, or the water contained in those snowpacks are running um, uh, below to much below average. Um, so I, I, one of the questions I have is um, these sort of rapid warming up of, events that that would be a sort of a an, an event does it always happen is, is this something that is 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 typical in the southwest no it's not typical it, it happens episodically every few years we get one of these you know really really severe ones I can only think of maybe two or three of those in the last decade and there's certainly been a trend towards them coming earlier in the year so, you know, they're, they're known in, in northern New Mexico anyway as snow eaters. And, you know, that, that says it all. Right. You know, and, and even uh, the report from the Natural Resources Conservation Service out of New Mexico was talking about sublimation of snow going directly from the solid state snow to water vapor. And, you know, that's clearly not a good situation right I, th I think one thing and Greg pointed this out early is that there isn't a lot of snow to eat right now so that's I think one of the situations like the 2004 melting event was there was really good snowpack in the middle of winter and then it got nuked in a matter of a couple of weeks so that now it's just kind of like it's munching at not much so 2004 was the, the last time that there was no, no. no, no that's the one that people talk about yeah, we, we had that, that sort of thing happen. I think it was the winter of 2007-2008. Right. In this right, month, right. in March. Do you recall? Yeah. During that winter. Yeah. <laughs> Don't so recall it, it, specifically. You know, and I, I think one of the points here is it's, it's just sort of a, uh, it can be a, a weak span of warmer temperatures or even, even less, and then it dips down. But it's, it's those, that span within um, in the season that matters. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't have to be a continuation of, of warm temperatures. It can just be a, a weak that, period. That's right. That's right. And I think the thing to think about here, because we definitely experienced this in that stretch between around 2001 to 2005, is that you started out with really low soil moistures. Then you get a little bit of snow. Then you get one of these snow-eating vents. And the, the soil just wicks up whatever's there. It never makes it, oh, it, pulls know, it into the streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's the issue. We've had a couple of mediocre winters. Right. So, right. you know, I think we're, we're talking about that kind of situation. And you can definitely see it in the flows in the New Mexico rivers. You know, the Pecos, the Canadian River, the Rio Grande. The forecast. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I mean, the current reservoir levels are super low. You know, again, it's the accumulated impact right. of years. Right. 
you know, I, maybe it's worth saying here too is that um, I think we're kind of we're you know sort of talking generally about Arizona and New Mexico, but I think it's really important to to point out that it's the it's a tale of two states right now because Arizona is in much better shape than New Mexico. I mean, we're we're diverging now as far as intensity and duration and local water impacts and all those kinds of things. New Mexico is in real, real trouble. Right, the, the, like Greg just mentioned. Yes, that was, you know, sort of riffing off of that. Yeah, and um, to put that in a somewhat of a context of the future um, with, with projections which are in large part based on current snowpack conditions or accumulated snowpack conditions through the winter, uh, but the, the forecast, the best estimate for the for the forecast uh, of, of spring stream flows. So this would be total March through July stream flows uh, in the Rio Grande uh, at a, a point slightly above, slightly north of Albuquerque is about 55% of their long-term average. So that's that doesn't bode well. Again, and this is, we, we talked about this last, last month, this is a, a continuation of, of expected below average flows. The Pecos River, Craig, I, be, I believe you were looking at, at data from that, that that's also well below average somewhere in the in the in the 60 to 70 range and those and those reservoirs there are um, are all uh, real low as is the elephant butte irrigate or elephant butte reservoir in, in um, on the Rio Grande so the water situation is intricately tied with the the, the snowpack and so that's an that's an impact and, and I guess to, to tie this back to um, to drought um, looking forward since you guys have been involved in, in drought monitoring would one expect drought conditions to, to worsen um, if let's say we don't get some of those late March and, and April storms that you that you expected or because it's historically the driest time of year that it's going to continue to remain status quo so to speak so it's both of those things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, so, you know, we're, we're planting the seeds for bad drought from a, a wimpy winter. And then in the spring, our hottest time of year, it, these things, it's not just that it's dry in the spring, it's compounding the fact that we had a really weak winter precip. So that, the, the impacts should amplify. It's also our windiest time of year. Mm -hmm. You know, so if, if, if we get things like, like what we've been experiencing southern, in southern Arizona recently where we get these troughs coming through but they're not really delivering a whole lot. You know, if that's happening in the spring and what they're delivering is just wind mm -hmm. and not moisture, that really amplifies the, the drought impacts. So then, I guess that merges into our last topic, which is uh, what's on what's on the horizon um, in terms of this, you know, the next seasonal uh, cycle here, the, the the dry time. We obviously we can expect dry conditions. You know, I guess it's a time when it's difficult to forecast ENSO, uh, El Nino Southern Oscillation, and that doesn't really have as big of an influence in the summer as it does in the winter anyway. So um, is there anything, aside from, you know, drawing on the climate record, which says it's going to be, you know, dry and it's going to continue to get warmer, what's, uh, what, what can we expect, I guess? Yeah, I, I think that that's where we're, most of our confidence is lying is to sort of, is sort of settling back into climatology, you know, just sort of thinking about what the next couple months look like. 
the, the ENSO forecasts um, pretty strongly are um, the El Nino Southern Oscillation, so we're you know, talking about whether or not we're going to have an El Nino or La Nina emerge, if, if we are. The, the models, the suite of them, uh, all point towards um, pretty robustly um, neutral conditions continuing through the spring, if not the summer. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the tricky part is, is at this time of year, it's really hard for the models to pick up on any nuances. It's this thing called the spring predictability barrier. So they, they run into this time of year, and since the Pacific is, is sort of changing seasonally, so it's got its own climatology, the models have trouble seeing past that. So they all are saying neutral conditions. A couple of dynamical models um, actually started to hint at a weak El Nino forming in midsummer. But you know, at this point, I'm, I don't think we should put a lot of weight on it. When you get past that spring predictability? You gotta get into May or June. Okay. Um, to really start to see it. And unfortunately, that's about the time that stuff is occurring. So you're, you're not forecasting as much as you are now casting at that point. Right. So um, I think we got, we got to kind of, we got to, you know, sort of settle into this idea of, um, you know, climatology being our best information and then get to later in the spring and we can start to sort of sort out whether or not um, any other sort of signals are going to show up in the Pacific that might tell us about the fall and the winter. I think the summer is really, I think we're just, we're just really not sure at this point. And is there any, like, hints um, about whether or not we may get uh, a storm here in, in, the, in the coming weeks, that, that storm that could help? You know, well, that, Greg and I were talking about this earlier, is that um, one of the products that the Climate Prediction Center produces is this 8 to 14 day forecast. So it's, you know, it's, it's outside of the... The weather service, the weather service for you know your local forecast offices, you know, will put you about a seven-day forecast, even maybe bleeding into ten days. So they use this, they do this one even further out, out to two weeks. Um, and what they're suggesting, and this is based purely on um, global um, forecast models, the same one we're using for weather forecasting, um, suggests that there's a there's a trough um, in a of low pressure out in the Pacific, and the expectation is is that that trough is going to move towards the west coast and it's going to it's going to push inland the end of probably next week towards the um, Easter weekend and then in that the beginning of that following week so their forecast is suggesting that um, Southern California and the western half of Arizona start to see this enhanced chance of above average precip and the temps actually moderate too so we go back to sort of normal temps a little bit of a chance so what, what that's suggesting to me is that um, we haven't settled into, you know, this ridge of high pressure that's just going to take over the rest of the spring and just, you know, run us with hot temperatures into the, into into June. I think we're going to have um, a roller coaster of temps and maybe a, you know a shot at precip through April, um, maybe out through the end of the season. But the flip side of that is when you ride that roller coaster you get what Greg was talking about earlier, which is wind events. And so that, that could be a problem when we talk about fire weather and, and those kinds of things, which we have, you know, that's, that the, these sort of typically windy springs also are a real challenge when, you know, today in Arizona, we have a, a fire red flag warning, and it's exactly what Greg described earlier, which is a trough that's, it's, um, it's reaching in Arizona, but it's too far north to give us any sort of reason. Right, so we shouldn't necessarily give up on on this on the on the winter let's not give up winter. but let's also let's also have reasonable expectations because yeah. there isn't I, there's just the chance of something that digs us out of 
drought for Arizona and especially New Mexico with their precip deficits. It's just it's just not going to happen. Okay, but then on, when we're talking about the water supply and thinking about the Upper Colorado River Basin, it there's still time there. You know, I mean they they get a they get a bunch of uh, snow events into into mid mid yeah, to late April. April yeah. can be a big month. So further north, I mean, spring is is the key season up there. So that so the final chapter of this winter has yet to be written. I, I guess is the is, is the point. But you know, to quote our colleague Wayne Sleep from New Mexico's NRCS, the chances are rapidly fading. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Running out of time. Okay. Um, well, thanks, Greg and Mike, uh, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. Um, You'll be able to access this podcast on both the Clemus website, which is www.clemus, spelled C-L-I-M-A-S, .arizona.edu, and on the Southwest Climate Change Network site, which is www.southwestclimatechange.org. And uh, we'll be back in a month or maybe sooner um, to give another update of climate and weather here as it pertains to, to the Southwest and maybe dig into some other important topics. Um, so thanks again for, for tuning in.